Okay, welcome back to Inside Flicks. It's our time for our weekly box office report. This is where we talk about the big winners and losers of the week. So let's dive right in. Rich, tell us which movies made the top five this past weekend. The number one film in America is Insidious the Red Door with 33 million. Coming in number two is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny with 27.4 million. Coming in number three is Sound of Freedom with 19.6 million. Coming in number four is Elemental with 10 million. And round out the top five is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse with 8 million. So this is a little bit of a surprise that Insidious the Red Door was able to make this much money and also beat out Indiana Jones for its second week. I guess this is another prime example that you just don't uh, bet against horror. Horror has been doing very well, not just this year, but also last year. And it continues to uh, uh, be a profitable genre. Uh, And maybe that has something to do with the fan base. But to to really think about it, Insidious is what this is like. How many how many Insidious has have there been in the franchise? This is the fifth fifth film, and so far it hasn't been getting tired. People are seem <laughs> seems to really love this franchise, at least enough to win the weekend. Uh, yeah. Raymond, you went to see the movie. I think you had good things to say about it. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean the uh, the movie is definitely not perfect. I can definitely see why a lot of people um are not liking the movie. Um, but. I, I kind of enjoyed it because one of the issues I had with the Insidious franchise is I thought the franchise always borrowed a little too much from Poltergeist. And this is like the first installment in the franchise that felt like the least like Poltergeist and the least like like an Insidious movie in general. Most of it like, takes place in the college and it, the movie focuses on, um, on the Ty Simpkins character this time. So I, I know I thought it, I thought it was kind of fresh and i thought it still had a overall satisfying conclusion for this family that the the series focuses on and yeah not a perfect movie but i thought enjoyable enough for a franchise that i always thought was kind of just okay <laughs> yeah and i must say that indiana jones although it's it's pretty close uh, uh, in number two um it did win on saturday and sunday but uh, oh, of course uh, but of course insidious made the uh, such a big jump on friday so it it, it was really close it, it really seems like Indiana Jones is not getting that word of mouth that they need. It seems like the word of mouth has been more lukewarm than anything else. And so at this point, this is the second week. It's just probably going to continue to drop. I, like I said, I was surprised that uh, Insidious was able to take it take over the top spot because I really thought that it was going to be a lot closer than this. Mm. But, you know, uh, horror horror genre continues to remain strong. Yeah, keep continues to keep on surprising uh, every time it, uh, a new one comes out. Yes, and then there's I think there's a couple other horror movies coming in the rest of the summer. So uh, I'll expect that those movies are going to do pretty well, too. Hopefully. I mean, you never know. Like, um, we got that Universal movie coming up, the um, the, the Dracula movie, the a Voyage of the Demeter. And I think that might be another bomb like, like Renfield. Might it be. depends on how they, how they market it, too. I think so far the marketing has been pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also you got that uh, much buzz about horror film from A24, which is uh, called Talk to Me, which I think is going to probably do pretty well. And that comes out later in this month. Um, we got to talk about Sound of Freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Like we mentioned last week, this was had the potential to break into the top five. And yes, here's a big surprise. It was came into num- number three. Yeah, Angel Studios. They should be proud of themselves because they snuck in and uh, they somehow made some kind of uh, marketing genius uh, plan and to to like pre-sale 
tickets? I don't know how they did it. It was some kind of app thing where they were apparently like, you could pay down- it forward. Yeah. Right. Apparently, you could download an app for this movie, and through the app, you could pay it forward a campaign where you could pay tickets for people who people who mm-hmm. didn't have money to see this uh, movie. Now, this is a Jim Jim Caviezel uh, human trafficking drama, uh, very heavy subject matter for fourth of july weekend but you know yeah it, it doesn't really matter when you got that kind of religious fan base and you know just kind of like the horror genre uh the religious genre or or whatever you want to call it also uh has been proven this year to be very financially successful there's like there's a fan base is for this, the for these for these is type this of movies a religious film though i mean can, can well, we call it it's this, not a religious that? film Per se, because it's, I think the movie was done a couple of years ago, but it was bought by Angel Studios, which is a, a faith-based company. It has mm-hmm. Jim Caviezel, who is, you know, he's you connected know, Jesus to, Christ. yeah, he's connected <laughs> to the passion of Christ. He has connections to the religious community. I still don't understand how we can call this movie a, a religious film. <laughs> it's not. A, it's not a religious. I haven't film seen the per- movie. I haven't <laughs> seen the movie. Maybe I would watch it. And I'm like, wow, this is like very faith based or something. But no, I don't. And I, I don't know. And I, th- I think specifically, it's not a faith based topic or religious topic. But I'm saying the fan base around the movie is connected to uh, a How religious. How did that happen? <laughs> I, it, it was a required by Angel Studios, and and, and Angel Studios is m- most known for the Chosen, right? Wasn't that mm-hmm. it? The Chosen, oh, which okay, was a huge okay. uh, hit, uh, a television show, which spawned a couple. Now of- let me ask you. So I don't know if you would know this, but it's like the Chosen, like being marketed like in churches. <laughs> oh, <laughs> definitely. That's, that's where all all this marketing comes so, from. That's so if you go to a church right now, is there going to be a poster for Sound of Freedom? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think you. there's a lot of That's radio weird. stations. I think there's a lot of radio stations, a lot of t- maybe even local television stations around the country where they are have been promoting this movie. It also, I've seen ads on online, so they did a pretty good job there. Yeah. So they got yeah. the word about Yeah, I've seen out. a lot online for it. And I think if if Hollywood was smart or, you know, either independent studios movie studios they would see what was going on with this and maybe emulate some of the the techniques that angel studios have been doing but they, well, also they've been trying to i mean uh, kind of recently it was the uh really scott exodus movie i mean which was well i'm not uh, i'm they, not saying like with religious films i'm talking about just like like just like like the what we saw with insidious that's a horror movie and they were able to promote that through the horror community and i think they're and, they're, and with very little marketing that movie yeah. basically sold itself yeah, and I think you could get the same kind of results when you kind of target. If you know, I think you could get the same results of any kind of movie if you know what the movie is targeted for. If you could get the demographics, and you know, if you ask yourself who who wants to see this type of movie, and I think that's what Angel Studios have done with this movie, even though that it's not necessarily a religious movie, but they were able to promote well, it to well, religious Mike, groups. If everything, if everything you just said about marketing the movie is true. Then please explain Joyride's box office to me. We'll we'll get to that. <laughs> I think, I think, because yeah. look, I thought I thought Joyride was going to bomb also, but I mean, I thought the movie like I I don't know I, I I think there's a there's a discussion to be had here because I don't know what exactly went wrong. The underperformance of Joyride has more to do about the raunchy comedy genre and how that's not working at this point. The same thing would happen with No Hard Feelings, even though I think Joyride. Uh, did a little bit poorer than No Hard Feelings, right? It, I mean, it, oh, it, absolutely, it, yeah. So uh, um, way worse. Dang. Yeah, yeah. 
And I was, yeah, I was actually I mean, no hoping, hard feelings tripled this. Yeah, so I was actually uh, hoping that this movie was going to break about ten million or more. And, and but no, I, I mean it was uh, it was such a surprise that this this movie came in at this number at number six. And yeah, right no, right next to it's no hard feelings. But I just think there's right now there's no uh, there's no um, interest in, in in raunchy comedies. Do you think because do you think Joyride would have been more successful? If it were just a regular comedy and not a raunchy comedy, well, that's a. I mean, when was the last great kind of comedy that was successful? Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like just regular. I mean, I'm saying like like any comedy. Uh, I guess you could say the uh, Sandra Bullock um, last year with Sandra Bullock's uh, comedy Lost City, which did actually very well. But I mean, that has more co- the the romantic angle, you know, roman- rom com angle on it too, or maybe even an action comedy. I, I so, and even uh, even sooner was that uh, J- uh, Julia Roberts George Clooney movie. I mean, that was I mean, which took a while to 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 add up. I mean, it didn't open mm-hmm. pretty. It didn't open that that well. I, I again, I, I I think the the whole raunchy comedy genre has died out. Even though I feel like. Both No Hard Feelings and Joyride is a lot tamer than, like, say, the raunchy comedies that came out in the early 2000s. But um, let, well, let's not go to Joyride just yet. Let's let's talk about Elemental first, because here it come, it's coming out at number four. It's still remaining strong, and it's not doing all that bad, even though it had a really horrible opening. It, it, look, I think in the end of the day, it's not going to do as, as what they hoped for, but... It's, it could, like I was saying last week, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, it's it's still continuing to get positive word of mouth, and I think it's still help. It's it's definitely helping because it only dropped seventeen percent. Yeah, I think this is a very uh, strong hold for Elemental. I mean, just the fact that you know when the movie opened, we all thought this this was going to be the biggest bomb of the year, and it turns out that you know that's not true at all. It's actually the Flash, which ended up <laughs> opening a bit bigger than this movie when uh, back when they opened um, they opened on the same weekend and. Yeah, so I element and elementals just hanging in there. And the biggest animated bomb of the year is going to be Ruby Gilman. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. And that's no surprise to anybody. I'm sure a lot of people still don't even know of that movie's existence. Well, speaking of Ruby Gilman, let's talk about the rest of the top ten. Rich, uh, tell us what movies made the top ten. Coming number six is Joyride. Number seven is No Hard Feelings. Number eight is Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. Number nine is The Little Mermaid. And round out the top ten is Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. I suppose Joyride is probably the biggest surprise of the week, and surprisingly, it's the biggest loser of the week. The projections was like over 10 million, mm-hmm. maybe 15 million. It didn't even hit that number. This is a lot worse than No Hard Feelings. In fact, it, it was very close to uh, no, hard, no Hard Feelings, and that's on its third weekend. So, big disappointment. Yeah, well, the thing is, I thought Joyride had really bad marketing. Like, I thought the movie straight up just looked awful. And then you know we start we started hearing all these buzzes from the movie, all this positive buzz from the movie because they screened it at uh, CinemaCon, and then they started to have all these screenings, and I ended up going to it just because of the buzz. And um, while I thought the movie, uh, I actually I thought the movie was pretty good. I didn't think it was quite as good as as the buzz was saying, and I thought there was going to be a bit of a negative effect yeah. where like you know um, a lot of people or not well not a lot of people go see it, but like a, a the people that do go see it is because of the positive buzz. Mm. And I don't think those people are going to necessarily recommend it to other people because the movie is not as good as it was hyped up of being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though the uh, Rotten Tomato score was pretty good. I mean, it's got an 82 average audience score and a 91 critic score. 
the cinema score was actually a B minus. Oh, so wow. that's, that's telling you something mm-hmm. different altogether. Yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you guys, because um, Joyride ended up having about a very similar opening to About My Father and um, The Machine. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, do you guys think it's going to end up performing around those movies and making around somewhere between 10 to 15 million total like worldwide? Or is, do you think it's going to make a little bit more than that? No, I think it's 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 going to be gone even quicker because the uh, Friday was the bigger opening. Saturday, Sunday, they dropped uh, impressively. Oh. Like so, like barely yeah. even made the top yeah. ten. Yeah. yeah, not good. Yeah, you mentioned the machine. You mentioned you know uh, about my father. About my father. About my father. <laughs> it also had the same opening as uh, Easter Sunday. Oh wow! Yeah, it, you know, comedy's been tough in theaters. You know. Comedies coming out in theaters has been a tough road for for them, and it seems like people who go into the theaters don't want to see comedies. They de- definitely don't want to see raunchy comedies, and I think, like we were saying, like like we were saying before in, in previous episodes, I think comedies is just doing a much better job in television. And there's a lot of TV shows that we could point to that are actually um, doing more experimental stuff or doing more. Uh, um, um, well, also the the most important thing is on on. I feels like a lot of you know, comedy series that we're getting, you're getting more laughs per minute. Mm-hmm. And it's, and that's saying a lot because these TV shows are, you know, usually like 20 to 30 minutes. And we're watching these movies are, are, you know, an hour and a half, sometimes two hours, sometimes longer. And they don't have as many laughs sometimes as an episode of television. Well, the, the biggest raunchy comedy I'm looking forward to is still Strays. Um, that's the one that looks damn fun. And so that comes out next next month, and we'll, yeah, we'll see if how well that does. But I, I to just go by what we have seen before, I don't think that movie is going to do that well, or not as big as you think it, you, it, you think it's going to be. It might do well. It might do well because I think the gimmick with dogs might appeal to a lot of people. People mm-hmm. really like cute things nowadays. Yeah. Cute things. Seems things are cute. Doing yeah, filthy cute stuff. To, yeah, it's the yeah, biggest thing things, on TikTok. Yeah, cute mm-hmm. things seem to succeed, and um. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that, that that's going to definitely do better than Joyride. It might do better than No Hard Feelings. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I think it's not going to be like a, a breakout like we were hoping for. Well, I think No Hard Feelings, looking at uh, looking at how all these comedies struggled to even make $15 million, mm-hmm. just is, 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 it's amazing that the movie has is about to make $70 million worldwide. Oh, yeah. Right. I, I'm, say, I'm just saying that um, we were hoping that No Hard Feelings or even Joyride was able to break through in a big way and like bring back that the hard R-rated comedies of the of the early 2000s. And I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, or at least that we haven't seen that happening yet. Well, as far as traditional comedy goes, we'll, we're going to see um, how Barbie does really, really soon. So mm, Yeah. That's going to be big. I don't know if I count that as a comedy. I mean, what, it's what do you a, call it? Is it the drama? Just, just a weird movie. <laughs> a family movie? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess, yes. I guess it's a comedy, but it's not, definitely not the comedy I, uh, I'm i thinking of. You know, it's, it's more kind of a... We're, thinking, we're, we're, th- we're talking about R-rated comedies right now, right? Or yeah. raunchy comedies, at least. Yeah, yeah. I said uh, as, as far as... Oh, regular comedies. <laughs> I really see that as yeah, like I think Barbara like, Star type of comedies and, you know... Oh, don't taint it. <laughs> No, I think it's. I think I think Barbie's gonna do huge. I think it's gonna be huge yeah. because it's just the marketing has been so good, and the yeah, marketing yeah, yeah. is not because of of what Warner Brothers has done. It's really what Mattel has done with that movie. But we'll talk about that when that when that's uh, about to hit uh, theaters. Yeah, um, let's look forward. To, let's look at uh, next week, and let's talk about the big movies coming out this week in theaters. Rich, tell us. Opening out wide on Wednesday is Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. 
This is the latest chapter in the hit action film franchise in which Tom Cruise returns as IMF super agent Ethan Hunt. This time, Ethan and his team race against time to stop a deadly weapon while battling a new powerful enemy. Also opening up wide is The Miracle Club. This is the new emotionally charged female-driven drama that stars Academy Award winners Maggie Smith and Kathy Bates, along with three-time Academy Award nominee Laura Linney. The film follows three women as they embark on a transformative journey of healing and forgiveness while traveling from Ireland to France. Yeah, so Tom Cruise, baby, he's coming back this week. <laughs> is he going to bring that Top Gun Maverick uh, spirit? Is he going to like rule box office again? Is he going to save this really these summer blues that we've been having? Is Mission Impossible going to be the big hit? And I should mention that the projections for this movie it's respectable. It's, it ranges around sixty-five million, but some say are, this movie might do over a hundred million. Uh, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I think opening up Wednesday is the best thing for it. I mean, I think it's going to be a huge weekend for it if, if mm -hmm. they count it all from Wednesday. But um, I would say by Sunday we'll, we'll we're going to see a hundred million for the for the five day week. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think so too. But I mean, how about that weekend chunk? Uh, I think the three hour, almost three hour cut might might hurt it a little. Oh, but this, I, is this I movie over three hours? No, it's, it's like two hours and forty seven. I think. But oh it's wow! Still long. Oh wow! I didn't realize it's that. With long. trailers, it's three hours. I didn't realize. Um, I think the movie. I think the movie is going to probably have. If we're just talking about those, you know, that weekend and not the whole five day or whatever, then I think the movie is going to have a uh, a weekend of probably yeah what Richard was saying, eighty million. But for the five day, it's going to probably be like one fifty or something like that. Yeah, and I believe all that press about uh, about um, watch it now before it's gone gone because of um, uh, Christopher Nolan's movie uh, coming out soon. Yeah, it was going to take all the uh, the premium screens away. It seems like uh, so. I think all that press is going to help it. It will at least help people rush to the theaters, watch it in the biggest screen possible. Exactly, and maybe uh, watch it a couple times during that during this weekend because yeah, Oppenheimer's coming out, and then and then Barbie's coming out, so they're going to be taking some of those that you know real estate. Well, I think I think Barbie's not is just going to be playing in regular screens. I don't think it's going to have any premium. It's all going to Oppenheimer. Yeah, Oppenheimer's going to have the IMAX uh, exclusives. Um, it's funny oh. that that this is part one of a of a two parter. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder if that's going to maybe. I don't know. Maybe people are getting tired of it. We've been seeing some part ones before, especially this summer with like, say across the, the spider verse where it ends with a, a cliffhanger is people going to get tired of the cliffhanger kind of uh, gimmick. Is that going to help or hurt this movie? I really haven't heard anything about part two. I mean, if, if, if it's, if it's already has a, a release date or, you know, scheduled for it because with this uh, strike going on and a potential um, actor strike too. Yeah, this could be an all-new pandemic for them. I mean, because because Dead Reckoning has been, you know, they've been working on this for at least three years. You know, mm -hmm. so well, let's just hope that the movie ends with a time jump. Because I mean, Tom Cruise looks a lot older, <laughs> like since like when this movie was like filmed. It's so it's so funny because I thought you know with part one and 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 the reason behind that is that I thought that this is, might be the last time we'll see Ethan Hunt. And mm -hmm. from the recent interviews that Tom Cruise has been giving, <laughs> he said that he wants to do this until he's, you know, Harrison Ford's age. And I go, oh, so what's the whole point of like, did like splitting up dead reckoning, you know? I mean, so I, I maybe it's, maybe it was uh, maybe too, um, well, maybe someone else dies. May, oh, well, maybe there, yeah, maybe. Uh, but, um, 
it's clear that everyone just cares about Ethan Hunt in these movies, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, uh, I thought maybe that it was maybe a little premature to to you know split this into two parts or something, and uh, uh, hopefully it has a satisfying ending uh, or at least a something completed at the end of this first part. Yeah, I think it's going to do much better than Fast X Part One. <laughs> <laughs> but will it do as good as Top Gun Maverick? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. But I think it's going to probably be the best one out of the Mission Impossible franchise. Um, oh yeah, box office wise, you think so? Yeah, I think so. I think there's a lot okay. of a lot of hype around this movie. Yeah, I think people definitely appreciate the stunts. You know, the, most of the promotions around this movie yeah. has been about Tom Cruise and his stunts and how much the, he's has worked uh, tirelessly to get these stunts right and correctly and safely. And so I think that's been a really good promotion for, for this film. And I think people appreciate real stunts. And it's, especially after, you know, you hear the criticisms of Indiana Jones and about the how much that looks fake or how much the CGI mm, makes yeah. the movie look like a video game or something. I don't know, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it is. And I don't think they're going to have that same criticisms with, with mission impossible because it was all done uh, uh, live, you know, uh, in camera. Yeah. Well, just wait, just wait. They'll have those criticisms. If he really does the movies till he's 80. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about uh, the limited release. Now, Rich, tell us what movies are coming out in a limited release. Opening up in limited release is Theater Camp. Uh, this is the new summer theater camp satire that made a splash at this year's Sundance Film Festival. The film hails from Molly Gordon, Noah Galvin, and Ben Platt, based on their short film of the same name. Also opening up in limited is The Flood. This is the new B-movie action thriller set during a devastating hurricane in Louisiana, where flooding submerged the local prisons in rising seawaters. Now, prison guards must join forces with dangerous inmates to battle invading monstrous alligators. Also opening up in limited is Final Cut. This is the new French zombie comedy directed by Michel Hazanavichis, known for the Oscar-winning film The Artist. The movie is a remake of the cult Japanese sensation One Cut of the Dead about a DIY filmmaker's attempt to shoot a low-budget horror flick while the cast and crew turn into actual zombies. Uh, so any of these limited-release films uh, appeal to you, Raymond? Well, I'm I'm a big fan of One Cut of the Dead, so I'm kind of, and I'm also a big fan of the artist, so I'm kind of curious about Final Cut, but... Um... I don't know if it's something I'm going to like rush out to go see in theaters. I'll probably wait till it's available to to rent on digital. Yeah, and then also Theater Camp has get all, has gotten a lot of buzz in Sundance. I don't think this movie is going to do that well in limited release. I think this is much no, more No, I think it's going to perform like um like Hamlet 2. You remember Hamlet 2? <laughs> <laughs> but uh I think I think if you're a theater camp nerd, you probably will enjoy this movie a lot. And I, but I, I don't yeah, think there's a the lot. Yeah, that's the Hamlet Two audience. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, let's talk about streaming now. Rich, tell us what movies could, people could stream this weekend. Streaming on Netflix on Friday, July 14th, is Bird Box Barcelona. This is the new spinoff sequel to the popular Netflix post-apocalyptic horror thriller set in a world where mysterious entities force people to take their own lives upon sighting them. This installment takes place in Spain and comes from acclaimed Spanish filmmakers Alex and David Pastor, whose credits include Carriers and The Last Days. Also streaming this weekend is Grey Matter, which will be on Max on Thursday, July 13th. This is the latest indie film to emerge from the acclaimed HBO docuseries Project Greenlight, which chronicles the process of filming a movie. 
premiering alongside the newly revamped reality docuseries. This supernatural thriller revolves around a black mother and her teenage daughter, both endowed with superhuman abilities. Uh, Project Greenlight's back, baby. <laughs> We've been big fans of the, the last season, which was the Jason Man. They gave us your favorite director. <laughs> yeah, Jason <laughs> Man. That, when, when was that? That was like maybe 10 years ago. A decade ago? Yeah. What movie was that called, though? The Leisure Class. The Leisure Class. Oh, yeah. Uh, Project Greenlight's been notorious of, of producing movies that are terrible. And even though the show itself has been entertaining because you're watching a young filmmaker who really doesn't have that much experience of making a movie going mm. to the trials and tribulations of making a film. So it, it has been very good watching these series, but the, the, uh, the end result of that, those movies have been terrible. Who knows yeah. if gray matter might break the curse, but um, I don't know. Are you, are you down to watch a, a new season of this like kind of revamp? Cause it got new people in, on, on the series. Is Ben Affleck uh, not on it anymore. And Matt Damon. They're not producing anymore. It's Issa Rae t- has taken over. I, I think Kamel Nanjani is one of the uh, the, the judges, and uh, they got a couple other filmmakers on it too. Yeah, but Matt Damon and Ben Affleck is, uh, is is off on this one. They're not part of this revamp version. I guess I'll watch it, but I mean, uh, I mean, not including Ben Affleck and Matt Damon is kind of strange. It's kind of a remake of of the series. You know, it's a re- reboot or a reboot. <laughs> yeah. Rich, uh, one of your favorite seasons was the John Gilliger season with uh, yeah. when they made um what was that movie called um Feast Feast right and mm-hmm. which actually spawned you know e- even though we say these movies are terrible Feast actually spawned a, uh, a decent cult franchise I mean I think they made like four of them or something like that yeah but they're all four terrible movies <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean that was right. like kind of the best season really I mean that was the one yeah yeah but it, it was still better to see it on you know the docuseries it was still mm-hmm. I mean it was, it was just um, but the the last one with um, Jason Manzu it, it it's just it's just um, incredible to see them go from from stage one to the to the end where they're where they screen their movies for the first times with their, with their cast and crew and mm-hmm. how much ass kissing goes, <laughs> you know, follows the screening. Well, you can really show and how the, fake you, Hollywood you see how, is. Yeah. It shows you exactly how fake Hollywood yep, is and yep. how much, how much of an ego that, that, that poor director who thinks he's, he's the next Scorsese. <laughs> uh, that's what I love about the show, but I don't see yeah. the thing is, I don't know if this is going to be like that. I think they're, this is really trying to, um, it, from, yeah, it's very strange that they're releasing the film first. Well, no, it's on the same day, so they're releasing oh, okay. the se- season oh. and the, in the in the in the movie at the same day. So you could pick your poison. You know, you could watch the movie first, or you could watch the series first. Oh, okay. So that's it for our uh, box office report. Thank you for listening to Inside Flicks. We'll be back next week. We'll see how well Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One performs in the box office. We'll also talk about the new movies coming out next week. And yeah, that's it. All right, we gotta go. All right. Adios, everyone.